Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. You're listening to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. Now, here's your host, Faraz Sadiqi and Zach Rizzuto. Let's move on to the Bucks. Bacon Mayfield is competing with Kyle Trask. I would assume that Bacon Mayfield can win that competition. Uh, and be the starting quarterback uh, as a veteran. Um, he's throwing to Mike Evans. He's throwing to Chris Gowan. Um, you know, it's funny, man. Like, th- the situation seems gross, you know, on paper. Yeah. But, you know, as of right now, I think the entire Bucks, Bucks offense is being a little undervalued, right? I think Rashad White's undervalued. I think Chris Gowan and Mike Evans are undervalued. You know, Rashad White has Chase Edmonds behind him. That's it. You know, maybe Sean Tucker competes for early mm-hmm. down work, but like guys like Sean Tucker, you know, he was uh, undrafted. <laughs> yeah, he's I don't know, he's not that good. Okay. Um, but I think Rashad White currently, as of right now, has like a lock on at least 70% of snaps. Like he's gonna get peppered in the receiving yep. game. That's his bread and butter. He's being drafted as a high end running back three, but in reality, you have a solid PPR RB two as his floor, you know, and you're being he's being drafted at a discount. Right, mm-hmm. you got Mike Evans, wide receiver thirty-four, going off the board in the sixth round. Chris Godwin, wide receiver twenty-eight, going off the board in the fifth round. This might sound a little crazy, but do you remember that no one wanted anything to do with DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett last year, right? Because yeah. Geno Smith was going to be their quarterback. Well, this year, no one wants anything to do with Chris Godwin or Mike Evans, and I would argue that these two guys are values right now, right? Especially Godwin. Godwin has a wide receiver 28. Like, I don't see a scenario where he finishes under that, right? That's his absolute floor for me. He's a year right. removed from the ACL injury, right? These are the two best weapons Baker Mayfield has ever had. I think the versions of, you know, OBJ and Jarvis Landry that Baker Mayfield had in the past, they're, they're not better. They were not better than the Chris Godwin and Mike Evans that he has right now. And yeah, I, I, I think I'm going to try – I'm going to try and not be scared of this situation, you know, especially <laughs> given the price of these guys. And I might take a plunge uh, on the value here uh, with mm-hmm. Godwin as the wide receiver 28 and Evans as the wide receiver 34. But in particular, Chris Godwin for me. Yeah. Uh, you know, especially coming out of the slot. You're doing way better being not scared than I am because I'm kind of on that same boat where I just don't feel like Baker Mayfield or any quarterback is going to have anything close to the type of, you know, bounce back that Geno Smith had last season. And nobody saw Geno Smith coming, so I guess we can't rule it out. But I just think that this quarterback room is horrific, and I don't really want any piece of these receivers unless they really seriously fall. I'm with you on Godwin. 
I understand that he had a he's been a receiver that demands targets when he's on the field. Granted, that was with Tom Brady, who was throwing historically, you know, some of the most passes in on a per game basis, you know, in NFL history. He was throwing a ton last season and the year before. But Chris Godwin demands targets. Mike Evans, he was more of a hit home run hitter. He has hit that thousand yard threshold every season of his career. But I think this might be the season where he doesn't reach it. And he was kind of a spot contributor at best up until championship round last year. Mike Evans was when he put up that 40 bomb. That was great. And But Mike Evans, it just seems like his utility, he's not as quarterback friendly as a guy like Chris Godwin. You know, Mike Evans will go get that jump ball. Mike Evans will go do those trust passes. But I don't think any of these quarterbacks in Tampa are going to be throwing those trust passes, Mike Evans. It's going to be the quarterback friendly guy in Chris Godwin. So I understand you there. I like that. I think you could get away with him at his price right now and be all right. But for me, I think the target's Rashad White. And I know you're big on him too. But when the offense is going to be bad, which I think it's going to be, the onus falls on volume for production in fantasy football. And that's exactly what Rashad White does and what he did last season. I mean, he was hyper-targeted. He was excellent. 56 targets, 50 receptions. Um, That was 13th most in the NFL. He's going to be getting peppered, like you said, in the receiving game. And he's going to get the run game too. He wasn't efficient in either of them. Um, His 1.13 yards per route run ranked 54th among qualifying running backs. 3.7 yards per attempt tied for 98th. He's a straight bet on volume. But on offense, it's going to be bad. You know, that's really all I'm looking for. I think that he is still undervalued. If this offense is any better than we're projecting it to be, then he's going to be a serious value. So he's my target. He's a low-risk RB2 in my book. Yeah, yeah. The efficiency wasn't there last year. Uh, but this is strictly a volume play. You know, yeah. um, I was surprised that the Bucs didn't add a more significant running back to that room, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, Imagine replacing uh, Leonard Fournette with like Zeke. That would be ugh, gross. They still, I they could still can add somebody, but I could see it. That would be gross. I can see it. As of right now, Rashad White's the dude. All right, moving yeah. on. Um, and, you know, their, their tight end is Kate Otten. Do that with what you will. Uh, yeah. Panthers, <laughs> uh, Bryce Young. Rookie quarterback leading them, uh, not a target of mine for fantasy. Right, he also doesn't have the weapons. Also, it's really tough to bet on a rookie quarterback being super fantasy relevant, especially if they're not rushing the ball a ton, uh, which we right. don't expect Bryce Young to do. He's a he's a uh, pocket quarterback. Uh, but you have Miles Sanders as the RB nineteen going off the board at the five six turn. He's backed up by Chuba Hubbard. Uh, there have been some rumblings about Hubbard potentially playing a goal line role there and that would absolutely suck for miles sanders because you yeah. can't even say that he's touchdown dependent because he doesn't even have a goal line role that's just speculation by beat reporters that doesn't mean that that's going to happen right miles sanders can still get the goal line role he was the goal line running back for the for the eagles last year you know when jalen hurts wasn't rushing the ball himself so mm-hmm. there was still some hope for uh, for miles sanders he's not a target of mine at rb19 i think there are a couple of running backs i'd rather have couple running backs who are kind of more guaranteed some volume especially in the receiving game who's going to take away yep. work in the receiving game for sanders who knows hubbard has played that role in the past you know he uh you know it's possible that hubbard they like him more as a pass catcher you know there ha- there has been a couple coaches calling sanders a three down back but at the end of the day it's like miles sanders has been super inefficient in the receiving game over the past few seasons his rookie year he was good right he, he made some yep. big plays when he was in college, he wasn't good in the receiving game. He wasn't efficient. So it's like, yeah, that one outlier year. That's what it looks like to me. How are you mm-hmm. looking at Miles Sanders, man? Do you think Miles Sanders could? I will say that I think Sanders has 
Uh, I think his ceiling is like a high in RB2. So I think there is some room here potentially, but he also can finish below the RB19. I think his floor is like low in RB2. Yeah. So he's I've, being drafted like kind of in the middle. Yeah. I, I think his ceiling is like a mid RB2. And I don't, I mean that in the least, like, you know, put down way possible. It's, it's mid. He's not mid, but I think mid RB2 is where he's going to finish. Not, not finish. I think that's his upside because his receiving work, you know, his body of work in the receiving game is not very encouraging. I mean, you look at the PFF grades and, you know, you look at the, obviously PFF is PFF, PFF, but we know Miles Sanders is not a very good receiving back since his rookie season. And the two guys in the backfield, Chuba Hubbard has a little bit of work there that he's done in the receiving game. It's been more promising, I think, the past couple of years than Miles Sanders. Uh, 35.5 is Miles Sanders' PFF grade last season. Um, last season, Chuba Hubbard had 59.6. And Raheem Blackshear, another guy that they have in the backfield there, 71.4. So these guys in the backfield, they have the opportunity to come in on that passing down role. They can either of them can now, take are these, I just want to. I just want to make it clear. Are these receiving grades? Yes, receiving grades. Receiving okay, grades cool. from PFF, yes. So, obviously, either of these two guys, Truba Hubbard or Raheem Blackshear, can come in and just kind of snatch up that receiving role as a committee. You know, I don't think Miles Sanders is going to hold on to that. If he gets relegated to an early down role, you know, that means he's going to be dependent on touchdowns for the upside. He might have 70, 80 yards rushing a game, but if he's only catching one or two passes or getting one or two targets and he's relying on touchdowns, this isn't the Eagles' offense where they were scoring touchdowns on touchdowns on touchdowns. It's going to be a rookie quarterback offense that's probably not going to be very good. I think that he has really real chance to bust at RB19. I think that it's actually kind of ambiguous, this backfield. I think that Chuba Hubbard could have a role greater than just a receiving game. Um, I'm not really counting Raheem Blackshear as anything um, besides the passing down work. But if Chuba Hubbard gets more work than we anticipate, then I think there's too much ambiguity here to justify an RB19 price. I could see his floor kind of falling in the high RB3 range if things go poorly and the split is more than we are, than um, it should be. But I don't like him at his price. He's my avoid just because of that. There are other guys. J.K. Dobbins is six, pick, six picks earlier than him, at least when I looked at it yesterday on the prices on underdog. And DeAndre Swift is going right in that range too. Two guys I think have higher upside than Sanders, and it's not by a little. It's a lot. Yeah, I, I do think Sanders, you know, his upper range of outcomes is a little higher. I think it's, you know, close to that, you know, high in RB2 because I think there is a world where Sanders could be a three-down back in this offense. And, you know, based on what they signed him in terms of his contract, in terms of what a couple of coaches have been saying. So I think there is a world where that happens. Is it the right decision is a different question, right? right. Because it could be a volume game with Sanders. Like, okay, he's on the field on third downs. Okay, he's running a lot more routes than he, we thought he would on early downs because, you know, the competition isn't that much, to be honest with you, with Miles Sanders. Um, right. So, you know, in that backfield. Now, this, this, you know, they made a lot of questionable decisions, though, right? They gave Adam Thielen a ridiculous contract, right? He's, go he's going to be 34 years old, you right. know, in August. So that doesn't – I'm sorry, 33 years old in August. That doesn't make a whole he's lot of sense. Right now, yes. Yeah. And, you know, so, you know, they also gave Miles Sanders a contract. So, like, I, I don't want to weigh that contract too much because they also gave Adam Thielen a ridiculous contract. So, mm -hmm. we'll see. We'll see. Um, moving on to this wide receiver core, um, or lack of it, Adam Thielen, Jonathan Mingo, DJ Shark, Terrace Marshall. Terrace Marshall going off the board in the 18th round or not going off the board at all, being yep. undrafted. Wide receiver 90 off the board. 
Um, I think he makes a very solid um, last round pick in best ball um, or in any drafts, assuming that you have 18 rounds in your draft. If you're yeah. like in a 14 team league or something like that. And the reason why is because right now he's showing some rapport with Bryce Young in OTAs. Um, you know, he was a good college receiver, you know, never really had a fair shake in the NFL. But the chances that you're, you've been in the league for a couple of years and you haven't really shown out um, by now usually means that you're not it's not going to happen um and i think if you're betting on marshall you're betting on him to be a little bit of an outlier right but i think he's still a solid pick as one of your last picks uh in in best ball on underdog for example um and by the way if you're not playing on underdog what's that he's a nice dart throw sorry to interrupt i think uh, yeah i think so i think so um but yeah so so i i would play on underdog if you're not playing on underdog right now they just dropped the season long pickums right so basically it's season long props pretty much yeah right so very fun you know there are so many players on here right so if you have a good idea of like who's going to do well who's not going to do well this year you know all those lines are up there yardage touchdowns over under you just got to pick whether it's higher a certain number or lower a certain number you can stack those picks together and you can multiply those picks okay um there's specials all the time going on so you can actually stack up like a special that they have going on with one of these picks so you can take jonathan taylor over under a certain rushing number you know whatever you think uh would be good and then you can stack those picks if you stack three of them and you get them right by the end of the season you six extra money you know if you uh if you stack five of them and you get all five of them right you're gonna 20 extra money okay you put in a hundred bucks you're going to walk away with $2,000 at the end of the year, and you can st- you can do a bunch of stacks, right? You can throw in a whole bunch of them, right, for the season and, you know, root for those players during the year, right? Or do the opposite for players you're picking the lower on, right? right. Um, so so go check that out, uh, underdogfantasy.com. Use code UPPERHAND uh, to get your first deposit doubled up to $100, all right? Uh, the links will also be in the, in the podcast episode description, so you can check that out there. Um, but going back to this wide receiver core, Adam Thielen was a wide receiver 64 off the board in the 12th round. Jonathan Mingo, wide receiver 59 uh, in the at the 11-12 turn. And DJ Shark in the 13th round. So these all of these guys are going after, you know, basically in the teen rounds pretty much, but after the 10th yeah. round. So um, if you had to pick one at their value, who are you going with? Adam Thielen. And this is just me saying that this is the most experienced receiver in this wide receiver room. He was hyper-productive on the Vikings offense. He had 30 touchdowns past three seasons, you know, in Minnesota. I think he finds himself now in Carolina. He's easily going to be the most experienced pass catcher, and that's good news for Bryce Young, somebody that he can just, you know, work with, build rapport with. I know you said Terrace Marshall's there, but I I think – and they were building rapport. But I think that the veteran savvy of Adam Thielen shouldn't be discounted this much, especially going after a guy like Jonathan Mingo. He's obviously – there's a lot to be excited about with him and intrigued about especially with Bryce Young at quarterback. I don't think we should just write off these receivers this low, you know, just because Bryce Young is a rookie and we're not expecting the offense to be very good. This is a band of brothers, you know, kind of weapons core that they've built around Bryce Young. And I I think that it can be better than a lot of people are expecting, even though I don't expect them to be, you know, in the top half of the league in offense. I don't think they're going to be in the bottom 12 either. You know, I think it's just going to be like mid to low end off offense overall. Um, but Bryce Young's going to need somebody in the passing game to depend on early, especially while guys like Jonathan Mingo, you know, get up to speed, NFL speed. They get acclimated to that climate. 
as a wide receiver 64 and underdog, I don't think there's any risk and that the upside can pay off humongously. So I like Adam Thielen, even though he's old and it does seem odd that they signed him to a three-year contract when he's this old. I think they realize in Carolina that they need somebody that Bryce Young can kind of grow and develop with. Adam Thielen's a perfect guy to do that. Um, they weren't going to be able to sign a bunch of players, you know, in this offseason and really build a nice weapons system around Bryce Young since they traded pretty much the farm to get Bryce Young. So I, I think that Adam Thielen is the best receiver here on the offense right now. At the end of the season, he might be second or third best. But as things stand right now, you know, I think he's going to have a nice start to the season at the very least because these other guys are going to be getting up to speed and Bryce Young's going to be able to rely on his veteran savvy. Yeah, I, I can see it. I just don't like betting on 33-year-old wide receivers, you know, at That's all. Fine. You know, Completely even at any yep. even at any price. Um, you know, he's been, you know, a little bit banged up. You know, he hasn't been the epitome of health lately. And that makes sense, right? Given his age. And I really I, yep. again, I said it probably like 14 times on this podcast already since he signed, but I don't understand his contract at all. Um <laughs> but he's the wide either. receiver 64. Jonathan Mingo is a wide receiver 59. I like Jonathan Mingo at the price. Uh, I like Marshall as, as a dart throw at the end, but if I'm picking between Thielen, Mingo, and Shark, I'm going to go Mingo. I think that he's going to be their starting slot wide receiver. I hope they don't play him on the outside. I don't envision him playing on the outside. Um, I hope it doesn't happen. He did play on the outside at Ole Miss, so it's possible that they do, but I think he profiles as a slot wide receiver. And if that happens, I think that he's going to end up being Bryce Young's safety blanket. He was every quarterback safety blanket at the Senior Bowl. When I was there, um, and I think Mingo could potentially be a, a possession type slot receiver, you know, for Bryce Young early in his career. Um, I, I just that's who I'm going with if I have to pick out any of these guys. I am not necessarily going out of my way to target any of them. I don't think the offense is going to be good, but in a PPR format, I think Mingo would be a decent bet at the 11 12 turn, but otherwise, I'm just avoiding the entire thing, maybe taking a, a dart throw at Terrace Marshall out of. You know, a hundred dart throws at the end of drafts, I would say Marshall might be ten of them. Yeah, maybe ten percent. That makes sense. I mean, you're shooting the moon with any of these guys, but you know, at the, at the price that they're going, I mean, you're not really going to be hurt. You're not drafting these guys to be your wide receiver too. So, I, I don't think you can really go wrong with any of them. My preference, yeah. you know, I think I'm kind of you know deviating from the upside faction here a little bit, going with Adam Thielen. I think that his floor is nice enough that you know he'll be secure for you if you're targeting wide receiver this late but i completely understand taking the upside with mingo yeah and i also understand you know the fact that like this this experience this wide receiver core is pretty inexperienced right and and Thielen yeah. is the guy that can hold things down for a rookie quarterback yeah um, that's why i envision like a good solid i think he could have a solid start to the season where you know he's contributing at, on a, at a higher rate you know to the offense maybe towards the end of the season like i said he might not be the top receiver on the offense. I've seen a little bit of uh like a like a a small like mini caboose, maybe not a hype train, but like a mini caboose for Hayden Hurst. Uh yeah. potentially finally breaking out at some point. I I I he's not on my radar. I don't know if he's on no. yours at all. Okay. No, not really. Gotcha. I mean, last year I think we saw the best of him in Cincinnati last year. Very <laughs> strong. Right. I don't think at this point in his career is an upgrade or anything close to Joe Burrow. So I, I think Maybe if this were three years down the line, Bryce Young isn't, you know, some really good QB, then yeah. yes, maybe. But he's a rookie. So I don't see Hayden Hurst, a guy who historically hasn't been much of a good starting tight end, you know, suddenly contributing now on an offense like 
that's built like the Panthers is for 2023. I just don't see it. But exactly, you know, take your swings if you want. He's he's there. You can take him off the waiver wire if you want. I don't think he's really being drafted. I don't think. But all right, well, we got through it. We got through the worst division in football. We're going to be talking uh, NFC. I'm sorry, we're going to talk. We're going to talk AFC, AFC North, yep. South, AFC South. <laughs> Get your shit together for us. We're going to talk AFC South uh, tomorrow. So that, that'll be out on Friday. Uh, stay tuned for that. And until then, we, we got some cool stuff planned for next week. Um, and, uh, you know, you're not going to want to miss that because it's now it's time to really get into the into the weeds and, you know, to see who we're, who we're targeting, what the draft strategy looks like for this season. Um, and we're going to get get after that stuff. So that's really where it all begins. So make sure you tune into that. Until then, if you guys can subscribe to the podcast, that would mean the world to us. Rate and review it as well. Uh, on whatever platform you use. It only takes a couple seconds. We would highly, highly appreciate it. Thank you so much, guys. We'll talk to you soon. See ya. 2400 Sports is an Odyssey company. 